Hello and welcome to Local Matters. I'm Caroline Moore and today I am chatting with the owner and operator of 48 Flower Co. in Cookville, Katie Martin. Katie, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. So 48 Flower Co. is on your family's farm. Can you tell us a little bit about this farm? Yeah, so I'm the third generation of our family farm. It's really special to us because I actually grew up in the house that my dad grew up in as well. So my grandparents um, started this farm and it's a small family farm. We're just on a little under 40 acres. Um, so that's that's small in the in this grand scheme of things. And over the years, the farm has had many different roles. Um, it's had cattle on it before. Uh, we've raised hay um, currently. It is in flower production, and that's something that's fairly recent. We kind of started 48 Flower Co. in the middle of the pandemic. Uh, It was kind of born in 2020 when we were spending a lot of time with our family, but not not anyone else. Uh, We were really missing the connection to our community. We were really missing all those community events that Cookville has, and we were kind of talking about a way that when everything passed, we could connect with the community through agriculture. So we wanted, you know, the vision was to be able to bring people out to the farm, teach about agriculture, share some beauty. And of course, I was kind of the mastermind behind it, but I did rope everybody in the family into it as well. So it really is um, a family business on our family farm. And we've just been learning as we went since 2020. Were your grandparents strictly farmers? So good question. My grandfather was involved in agriculture. That was his entire career. Um, He worked with the University of Tennessee Extension Service as an agriculture agent. Um, He also served for a little while as the commissioner of agriculture for the state of Tennessee uh, under Governor Ned McWhorter. So agriculture was his passion and his livelihood. And then the family farm was kind of on the side. Um, And and that's kind of continued. My dad's involved with the agriculture industry, but not solely production agriculture. The farm is kind of our, our hobby and our passion. So did you always grow up going to the farm? Did farming always come naturally to you? Yeah, I would say that our family really instilled a love of agriculture in us, an appreciation for the land, appreciation for the people who um, raised our food and, and raised livestock. So it was always something from a young age that I was passionate about. I was lucky to be involved in youth organizations like 4-H and FFA that kind of fostered that passion and taught me more about agriculture. But I would definitely say that it was always an interest from early on and uh, something that my family connects over and just loves to talk about and learn about. And, And that's why when I had the crazy idea to do something totally different, most of them were just like, well, we'll learn about it and figure it out. So how did this crazy idea come along? Well, I really don't have a great answer. I I could have said, let's grow vegetables for the farmer's market, or I could have um, had many other, I guess, agriculture-related ideas that I wanted to take on. And honestly, I've always kind of been more interested in the animal science type of things. I grew up riding horses. We've um, had horses at our farm boarded horses for other people. So I guess growing things was kind of an opposite direction of what I had originally been interested in. But I mean, come on, flowers are just beautiful. Like if you are going to grow something, 
vegetables are delicious, but flowers <laughs> just, there was something special about them. I had also been doing a lot of research, like if anyone's ever heard of Florette, they're a really big flower company in uh, in Oregon, I believe, and they have books, calendars, you know, they just are a huge business and all about cut flower production. So that kind of was something that I had seen before and thought, you know, how cool that that could be a business. And and that was something that kind of sparked the interest. And then the more I learned about it, I just thought, well, we could do this. And worst case scenario, we have beautiful bouquets to put in our house. <laughs> like what would be so bad about that? Did you have any experience in running a business? No, I wouldn't say so. Um, but, you know, like I said, my family really is all involved. And so I have relied, both of my parents have been really helpful on that side of things. Um, my dad has, like I said, ran the family farm in different aspects of agriculture for many years now. So he was really uh, knowledgeable on that side of things as far as farm tax exemption and filing farm taxes and stuff like that. So um, I've relied on his expertise. And then my mom's background, actually, she was an accountant for a little bit. So she's very helpful on the business it's side of so things as well. so good to know an accountant. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you, you just can't know it all. So I really try to stay up to date on um, different varieties, how to start the seed, how to make the bouquets, stuff like that. And then I get a lot of help from my family and really all other aspects. My sister is so creative and she's great at helping me with the social media side of things, um, posting, making reels, all that stuff that is important, but it's hard to be an expert on that too. And then my sweet husband, who doesn't care anything about growing flowers, <laughs> but I guess loves me, is more than happy to do the hard physical labor that you sometimes need help with. So it really is all of us um, kind of just trying to use our strengths and, and do it together. Sometimes I feel like when you make a big life change or a big decision, sometimes it really is best to just dive in head first to the deep end. Otherwise, you just might not do it or you might get scared because you'll see how many things actually go into running a business. I think that was definitely our experience that we jumped in, maybe a bit off more than we could chew, but you know, you just learn as you go. And for me, there was only so much reading you could do about it. Farming is something that is so experiential. You've just got to get in there and literally get your hands dirty to really learn it. And that's something that like my dad with his experience throughout the years, he can be so in tune with the normal weather for this time of year or when our first and last frosts usually are. And that's something that I'm just now trying to learn. So it really just takes years of experience, regardless of what you are growing or raising. Some of the stuff you can learn in a book, but a lot of it you just have to figure out as you go. And if not now, when? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and I feel like a lot of people made these big life changes during the pandemic. Was that, do you think without the pandemic, you would have made that decision? I think the pandemic definitely played a big role just because for the first time in a long time, I had the opportunity to explore on the internet and, you know, study stuff for more of, uh, instead of maybe college or work related, it was more passion related, look into things that I wanted to learn about. I know there's so many people that whether it was 
learning how to make sourdough bread or knitting. You know, we all kind of picked up something to occupy our time and occupy our mind. And so for me, it was it was learning how to grow flowers. So, no, I don't know that without kind of that extra time, that extra isolation, that we would have we would have been inspired to do something like this. And you mentioned that you really missed the connection to the community that you lost during the pandemic, but you gained at the same time a connection to the land. How has your relationship to the land, to the earth changed? I think there is just something so great about being involved in production agriculture because you are so in tune to the seasonality of life. Um, That's something that in such a fast-paced world, we can look over, and when you are growing things in partnership with Mother Nature, you can't ignore the fact that, okay, the first frost is here. That means all my hard work is now, you know, it's killed. I've got to wait till the next season, and that could be sad, but it actually is a relief. Like, I've put in all this hard work. This season is coming to a close. I can plan for next year, but there's just such a rhythm to Mother Nature that when you can be in tune with it, it really takes a little bit of pressure off of you to go, 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 because everything has a natural beginning and end. You kind of have to learn to surrender, which we're not used to doing with technology, right? Yes. <laughs> I, as a self-proclaimed control freak, <laughs> it is very hard to just say, you know, I've I've done all that I can. I've planted the seed or, you know, I've, uh, I've tried my best to set this crop up for success, but it's really up to, do we get rain? Do we get the right temperatures? Uh, you know, all these things are things that are out of my control. And then you do, you just surrender and hope for the best. And you learn that if it doesn't work out this year, maybe it will next year. And that's okay too. And we just had a frost, our first frost. So how does that impact you? Yeah, so that, like I said, it's uh, it can be kind of bittersweet because that's kind of the closing out of all of our summer blooms. But it also is necessary because those things kind of have to end. So we have the time to look forward and get stuff ready for next spring, which I'm really excited about. So that kind of that frost more than likely we've we've got some areas that are covered that I haven't checked out that there may be some flower blooms left but more than likely that kind of wiped out all the flowers that we have but that allows me the time to get ready to plant our our bulbs that will bloom in the spring so it'll be a little bit of a downtime uh in December and January hopefully is it hard when you see that they just all have to go? Are they kind of like your babies? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you've definitely put a lot of time and effort into them. So you're attached, but it also is like by the end of the season, by the end of the year, you are burnt out and think, okay, see you next year. Like we'll try again later. Cause you've, you know, you've harvested, you probably have got the biggest, most beautiful flushes. You're kind of at the end of the season, the end of its natural life. And you just are like, okay, it's the frost. It's time for for that to have its natural ending. Time to look inward. Exactly. (laughs) A lot of flower farmers call it frostmas. So it's kind of like Christmas. It's the end of the season. You get to be, you, you don't have to 
say, okay, you know, I'm, I'm cutting the season short. I'm done. Mother Nature does it for you. That's the end of the season. It's Frostmas. Merry Frostmas. That's right. <laughs> More with Katie Martin after the break. What's so important about shopping with locally owned businesses? When you shop local, your hard-earned dollars stay here in the community, helping to benefit your friends and neighbors, local schools, roads, and all aspects of community life. But what happens to my money if I spend it online or at a national chain store? In most cases, the profits go far away, out of state, corporate headquarters, or even overseas. It doesn't take any extra effort to shop local. Office Mart on South Jefferson and Cookville is your locally owned office furniture and supply store. For over 35 years, they've been proud to serve businesses in the Upper Cumberland with quality and value. You get real customer service, too. And unlike shopping online, you can actually see and try out the large inventory of office furniture in their showroom. And when it's delivered, it's not a box on your step. They're glad to install and set up everything. Office Mart. There's no other locally owned office store in the region. South Jefferson Avenue across from Hardee's. Shop local at Office Mart. Hello and welcome back to Local Matters. I'm Caroline Moore and today I am chatting with the owner and operator of 48 Flower Co. in Cookville, Katie Martin. Katie, before the break, you were talking about harvesting. Is the actual term floriculture? Yeah, yeah. So that that would be the cultivation of flowers. Okay. So you could definitely consider uh, what we're doing floriculture. And, you know, on some scales, you could just say we have a large flower garden. You could say we're flower farmers. None of that stuff really matters to me. We're growing flowers and selling to the public. That's what I would tell people. Can you walk us through the process of choosing which flowers to plant? Yeah. So I guess a lot of things go into it for me. You know, part of it is just what I personally like. I think you put more time and energy into something that you want to see flourish. So I like picking varieties that I personally like. We also, of course, want to give the public what they want. So if there's flowers that are popular um, and, and have proved popular in the past, we definitely try to keep those in the rotation. And then for me, it's also just about trying a couple of varieties each year that are maybe new to me. So keeping the tried and trues that hopefully we've got a little bit more down to a science and then adding some varieties that we maybe will have failure with or maybe we'll have success with, but trialing them in a smaller number so we can see how maybe they fit into our overall um, plan. What are the tried and true flowers? So I'll kind of take it by by season. Our, our spring flowers that we are excited to have every year. One of them is tulips. I love growing tulips. Uh, and these aren't just your supermarket tulips. They are doubles. They are frilly. They are coming in all different colors. They're, they're just really amazing. I love tulips. We've also got specialty daffodils. Again, not your regular buttercups on the side of the road. These are peaches and creamy whites. They're really pretty. And then um, moving kind of into summer flowers, we have, of course, sunflowers, gladiolas, zinnias, um, dahlias. So there's a lot of variety from season to season. And then, of course, we have green filler. A lot of people discount the filler, but it is just as important as the flowers. So that's also important for us to kind of put in the flower plan as well. Who do you sell to? Do you have a typical customer or do people come to you with events? Yeah, so a variety. And that is constantly changing and evolving as we're kind of a new business still. 
So the first year we primarily sold at farmers markets and that was awesome. It got us out into the community. We met a lot of people. We got our name out there. In the past year, I've added the fourth generation to the farm. I've had a kiddo. And so farmers markets on Saturdays um, got just a little bit more complicated. So we pivoted a little bit this year and mainly did um, pickups at the farm. So you could order off Facebook or Instagram and we'd have a porch pickup available. Or sometimes we have a delivery option as well, just kind of depending on how our schedule might line up with yours. We also do subscriptions. So basically you could sign up for a spring flower subscription and that would guarantee you um, three or four weeks of a bouquet each week. Uh, so that's a really great option for some people. And we have started doing some events as well. Birthday parties, showers. Uh, we did our first wedding, but it was my sister's wedding. So <laughs> that was our first big, big event. And it went well. So we're open to future events. It's good to practice with a family member, right? <laughs> she insisted. I told her we have great florists in the Upper Cumberland. Find one. And she said, no, we can do it. We have a flower farm. So we tried it out. So what were her flowers of choice? What was the color scheme? So she did. She just got married um, in October. So it's recent. But she is not your traditional fall fall bride. She wanted light blues and whites and a lot of spring flowers, which I told her is not very seasonal. We, <laughs> we at the flower farm embrace seasonal flowers. So we had to buy some in. Um, but I think it turned out really, really pretty. How far ahead of time do people need to request what they want? How does that work? I guess it it really depends. If you are hoping for seasonal local grown flowers for an event, if you have a particular flower or color scheme in mind, you really need to be talking to your flower farmer a whole year in advance because we need to buy the seeds and we would basically grow specifically for your event. Um, we would grow with your event in mind. Now, if you're more flexible and like, give me pretty flowers and shades of pink and orange for this um, bridal shower, we could do that, you know, on a couple weeks ahead basis, just by telling you what we're going to have blooming in our field. So it just may depend on on what your wishes are. That sounds very regal. I feel like the kings and queens <laughs> in centuries past worn the, fl the florist in a year in advance. <laughs> that is... <laughs> I mean, that's the kind of planning it takes. It is crazy, but we are always, you know, a whole season ahead. Like I said, we'll have tulips in the spring. As I'm harvesting those tulips to guarantee my order for next year, I'll have to be ordering the bulbs that will be the year after as flowers. So we're always having to not just take care of what, what's blooming right now, but basically ordering those blooms for next year, hopefully. So, for example, the tulips... Are coming in the spring mm -hmm. where what's their process right now where are they now so right now <laughs> i don't know anything about flowers no. right now some of them may be on a boat hopefully headed my okay. way from holland um some of them have arrived in cookville and they're sitting in our cooler waiting to be planted so for your average home gardener right now is a great time to plant tulip bulbs especially since it's um cool early you could put your tulip bulbs in now we will probably wait until around Thanksgiving is when we put ours in because we chill them beforehand so they can get the maximum amount of cold they need. Hopefully, by guaranteeing they get those chill hours, we're going to have the tallest, best-looking tulips to sell to our customers. So we'll keep them cold, 
plant those bulbs around Thanksgiving or so. And usually by mid-March, depending on our winter and early spring, we should start seeing first blooms. How does the temperature of the bulb affect how they grow? Yeah, so each variety is a little bit different on what chill hours they need. But in general, our area can be kind of right on the cusp of sometimes too warm of winters to have really nice tulips. Um, They do need a certain number of days at 40 degrees or below uh, so they can kind of perform at their best. So one thing that is, I guess, different for flower farmers than it is for your average home gardener, when we plant our tulip bulbs, they are a one and done. So when that bloom, when that flower is ready, I will pull it up bulb and all, and then I can store that in our cooler um, with the bulb on for a couple of weeks and it will stay fresh. Obviously, if you're growing them in your landscape, you're going to hopefully leave it for next year. But basically, to get the height we need and because they don't usually produce as good of a flower the next year, we pull it up bulb and all. So that a lot of people don't know that. And they come from Holland. Most of them, yes. The flower capital, yeah. That's kind of where a lot of the really good quality bulbs and seeds come from. This might be a dumb question, but is there an online catalog? How do you order these? So that actually has been one of the harder things about getting into flower farming is sourcing all of these things. And of course, like everything during the pandemic and the aftermath, sourcing is really hard. There's been um, shortages. There's just been labor issues around the world. So there are a couple of wholesalers that we work with to get high quality products at you know a wholesale price. But there's lots of awesome sources out there too for like a home gardener that can order in smaller quantities. So we utilize a couple different options. But if anybody is wondering where they can get bulbs for you know their own garden, I'm happy to talk with them on our Facebook or Instagram. I love helping people with their own little gardening questions. More with Katie Martin after the break. Hello and welcome back to Local Matters. I'm Caroline Moore and today I am chatting with the owner and operator of 48 Flower Co. in Cookville, Katie Martin. It is now Frostmas. As you said, it's cold now. How do you work with the winter? So there's a couple, couple strategies we can take. The winter is a great time for us to get ahead on some of those tasks that fall to the wayside uh, when we're so busy harvesting and planting. So there's a lot of organizational things we need to do behind the scenes. Um, We're also starting seeds. So even though it is cold now, we do have like a hoop house that offers some protection. So some of the seeds we can go ahead and start so they'll be ready a little earlier in the spring. So we grow those in in our basement under grow lights, and that gives us a little bit of a jump start. We'll also be planting some of those bulbs that we talked about earlier. And, you know, this is a great time for me to reach out on social media, try and build our our following and our um, reach in the community. So we try to do several things. We also try to rest a little bit and, and get geared up for the next season. What is a hoop house? So basically, it's it's a greenhouse, except instead of maybe what you would picture um, like a little house, it's more a tunnel. So it's just a big tunnel that has plastic over it. So it keeps things a little bit warmer, protects them from frosts and hard freezes, hopefully, to extend our seasons a little bit earlier in the spring and a little bit later in the fall. What did you learn this year from... 
your flower farm? Are there things that you think, let's do that again? What worked and what didn't? Yeah, I mean, I think we learn lessons every single year. This year has been a lot of experimentation with what we do with the flowers after we grew them. So the first year was a lot of experimentation with, okay, how do we grow this, that, and the other? This year has been a lot of, okay, we grew this successfully. What's the best way to market it now? So the events were a really fun learning curve. Um, Figuring out how to do all the flowers for a wedding was way more complicated than I thought it would be. Um, So figuring out the market for our flowers, how to best reach customers, and how to best sell our product was probably the biggest learning curve this year. But we also had some fun successes. Like the first year, my Dahlia crop did not do very well. It just wasn't something that got a lot of time and attention. But this year it did a lot better. So now I'm like, oh, we need more of those. Those are beautiful. We need uh, definitely more dahlias next fall. So there's always something that we um, kind of fall in love with or fall out of love with. And that kind of dictates what we bring back for next season. When something doesn't go as planned or doesn't meet your expectations, do you get down on yourself? How do you take that quote unquote failure? Yeah. So I think that's been one thing that gardening or flower farming has really helped me with because I am definitely a, a perfectionist in a lot of ways and would take some of those things personally. But with farming, you just get used to it. Like there are going to be whole crops that don't work out. There's going to be whole varieties that even though you planted them, took care of them, you never see a bloom. And if you let that get you down, you don't get to enjoy the beauty of the 10 other varieties that look stunning this year. So just understanding that some stuff will work out and some stuff won't. And some of it is your fault. You forgot to water this tray. Mm -hmm. And some of it is Mother Nature's fault. We didn't get rain when we needed it. So uh, just a balancing act. But it does help me learn not to take it quite so personally. You have a lot to keep up with. Do you have lists of what varieties need what? Do you go through a checklist in the morning? How do you take care of this many plants? So the organization part is definitely something we are still working through. I feel like uh, a goal for next year is figuring out how to be more efficient with our space and with our time. So we definitely do have lists. I can't say we always stick to those <laughs> lists, but they're a good thought. Um, more, more, I guess, of a set, a schedule. So a seed starting schedule. Um, I know if we have X number of bouquets, we're going to be um, selling on Saturday that we need to harvest on Thursday night and make bouquets Friday. So more schedule related, really. And also just being flexible with If there's some stuff that gets done and some stuff that gets pushed to the back burner, knowing it's okay to circle back around and get to that stuff when you can. Because you have a regular job too. Yeah. (laughs) A full-time job, right? I'm a 4-H agent. So I get to work with youth and agriculture in in my full-time job. And it definitely takes a lot of my time. And the flower farm is definitely kind of the passion project or the side hustle. Um, And it is difficult to balance both those things. But in a lot of ways, they complement each other too. Um, I Through UT UT Extension and being a 4-H agent, I get to stay really plugged in to the agriculture community in the Upper Cumberland. So I have a lot of great contacts. Just in my office, we have tons of farmers and gardeners that come in with questions about, can you identify this weed or can you help me do a soil test? So I have a lot of resources at my fingertips too. 
And you have a little baby. Yes, he <laughs> he also takes up a lot of time. But of course, it was so exciting to add the fourth generation to the farm and and to think about one day him hopefully enjoying picking the flowers or or growing things on the farm with his grandpa too. So that has been a challenge to figure out how to do everything with a baby strapped to you. But it also makes everything a little sweeter too. It's impressive. It is a juggling act. <laughs> <laughs> to me, it's impressive. And like you said, it really does help that the product is beautiful. Yes, that keeps your spirits high. You know, if you're dealing with something beautiful and not just that I appreciate its beauty, but when we have customers that are like, I sent this to somebody for their birthday or I gave this to a loved one that was, you know, having a rough go of it and it cheered them up. The fact that our our end product can brighten somebody's day definitely brightens my day. You mentioned that you make bouquets. Mm -hmm. are, so are you arranging the flowers too? Yes. So, Which is an art as well. <laughs> yes. And that's definitely something that I did not have experience in. I really thought I want to grow the stuff and then sell it to a florist that already knows what to do with that. And, and we still definitely enjoy when we get to work with our local florists. But we also like to make market bouquets, basically just a wrapped arrangement that then you can go home and put it in your vase and play around with it however you want to. So it maybe isn't so much as arranging as it is just picking out a really beautiful color palette and stems that will work together for you to put in a vase at home. You mentioned you go to the flea market. Have you met other farmers? Is there a network here in the region? Yeah, so we're really lucky to have some good farmers markets and good community supported agriculture stores in our county. Um, we've been to the Cookville Farmers Market. The All Good Farmers Market is also a great location. We work with um, several local retailers and are excited anytime a local business wants to have our flowers in their store, whether that is to sell to the public or maybe a coffee shop that needs an arrangement on the counter or something. So we love partnering with local business and other local agriculturalists. How do you see your company growing? I mean, I have so many big dreams and big plans and, you know, they may change and shift because it's already changed so much in the first two years. But one thing I would really love is to be able to bring people out onto the farm more. One of my main goals is to educate and show the community how important agriculture is, how important supporting local is. And so some you pick opportunities are hopefully in our future where people could come out and pick some of their own flowers, maybe some events where we um, have some arranging classes on the farm, things like that. Um, and then we just want to continue growing more varieties and growing them better so we can provide a really good product to all of our flower lovers. What is on the docket for next year? Which varieties do you think you'll grow or are you most excited about? Yeah, so tulips is just at the front of my mind because it's probably going to be one of the next things blooming. So I'm hoping that we're expanding um, quite a bit as far as the number that we're growing. So I'm definitely excited about that. Like I mentioned earlier, dahlias, I'm excited to kind of build that. That's hopefully going to extend our season into the fall a little bit more. One of my big goals is to be able to kind of provide a steady, consistent stream to any of our customers kind of from mid-March to, well, depending on when frost is like this year, but hopefully through October. So that just takes a little bit of 
imagine, you know, reimagining what to grow, when to grow it, so we can have that steady stream of blooms. Do you want to keep working with just your family, or would you be open to bringing in some outsiders to help out with the farm? Oh, I think the sky's the limit. I am open to any and all ideas of what makes this work good. One thing I would love to do, hopefully in the future, is is work with Tennessee Tech School of Agriculture. That's where I graduated from. I know they've got some awesome horticulture students. So, you know, if we get to the point where we could offer some kind of internship hours or, or work study, we would really love to partner with them in the future. What was your degree in? Yes, I was an ag business major, ag business uh, at Tennessee Tech. And I mean, I can't say enough good things about Tennessee Tech School of Ag. They, uh, that's where I met my husband. So they gave me a degree and a husband. <laughs> can't say enough good things. How did that shape how you approached your business? Yeah, I think since I went into tech not being certain of what I wanted to do, what I wanted to major in, I always knew I wanted to do something in agriculture, but I just needed direction and tech gave me that. It gave me great mentors who, you know, I can still ask questions to today. And I think it just gave me a really good background, a solid foundation in all things agriculture, obviously a little bit more heavily weighted towards the ag business side of things. But I just really felt like I learned everything from plant and soil science to animal health to ag business. So I got just a really good background. And where can people find you online. Where is yeah. 48 Flower Co.? So find us. We're most active on Instagram and Facebook. If you search 48 Flower Co., the numbers, um, you should be able to find us pretty easily. That's a great way to get in contact with us. We've also got my contact information on there. So like a cell number and an email. And most people just order straight through messaging us on Facebook or Instagram. And I should have asked this first. Where does 48 come from? So it's 40 colon 8. Yes. So that I guess that's kind of an interesting name to some people, but it's a Bible verse, Isaiah 48. Um, Though the grass withers and the flowers fall, the word of our God lasts forever. So it, it was a name that had a lot of meaning for us. Well, Katie, thank you so much for coming in and talking all things floriculture with us. Check out 40 colon 8. Flower Co. online, and hopefully we'll see your flowers around town. Perfect. Thank you. <laughs>